0: To this week's Devil in the Detail, it's me, Paul Whiteside. Joining me tonight, we've got no Rob. He's absent tonight, so you're stuck with me. And we've also got Paul Parkin And good evening, Paul. How are you doing, matey?
1: Evening, Paul. Nice to speak to you, Paul. It's been a. It feels like it's been a while since we've had a chat. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. We obviously. We're coming off a good week, aren't we? So, uh, yeah, really excited for this week. But, yeah, I'm, I'm good. How
0: how's things with you? Yeah, I'm all right, mate. I don't think we've done a podcast together for ages. I've been busy at work and I've skipped a few, haven't I? So, we're uh, standing in for Rob tonight. I'm sure we'll be a bit of uh, a fudge between us, won't we? So, uh, so, yeah, really enjoyed the game on Friday night. Well, uh, th- uh, yeah, Friday night. It's Thursday night this week, is So, we'll be chatting about that. We've also got the news. We've got the World of Rugby League and Amateur Report to get through. And we'll also be having a look at the preview for our game against Hulk ARN. ...on this Thursday, so uh, what shall we start off with? review of the league game, I think. Let's do it.
1: You're listening to Devil in the Detail, and this is your Big Match
0: Review. Lee, on uh, Friday night... I'm getting mixed up with these days already. Friday night, Lee. What did you make of it, Paul? I mean... I'm a bit of, like you, bit of a purist, and not really into the fireworks and the music and all that. But I thought it was it was tremendous before the game, wasn't it? Really, It really got you stoked up, ready for it.
1: Well, I'm, I'm full of praise for Lee for what they did, for Derek Bowman and everybody else. It's like you say, it's not my thing as such. I'm going for a game of rugby, but it, you can't complain at the entertainment. Do you know that that was brilliant. The fireworks, I mean, everything about it, the atmosphere they created before the game, it was unbelievable. It, it gave a real buzz to the place. But obviously, this sold God knows how many tickets. There's great, a great crowd on there. Yeah, full of praise for, for Lee for creating that, that environment. And if it's like that every week, more people would turn up. We said before about our own games, sometimes it can just be a bit flat. I mean, for me and you, it doesn't matter. But if you want to bring new people in, and certainly families, you've got to entertain. We've got to give them something other than just rugby league. And Lee did that on Friday night, and they did it really, really well. And, yeah, by kick-off I was, I, I was ready to go I thought I could have played myself
0: Do you think that's a way forward Park, for Salford now? I mean, I know we're not a club we wash with money but if we could get like there's plenty of local bands and have been local bands over the years from Salford and Manchester area and things like that do you think that's something we could do get get something on the pitch? I mean, I don't know who we'd get but I reckon that would uh, take off pretty well, wouldn't it?
1: Absolutely I mean, you always get bands coming through universities and things like that that you can invite down but you, the name, I mean, the Scouting for Girls thing was, you know, I remember him, what, I don't know, five, ten years ago, whatever it was, they had a couple of pretty big hits. They were a thing. It's a, a financial issue, isn't it? That, that's, Obviously, I don't think we'd get away with the fireworks because we're next to the motorway. I don't know how that would work. I don't know if the highways mm-hmm. agency would be too, too chuffed with that. But they'd have to look into that. But everything else, yeah, I, I think it is. And I think with IMG now, that's what they'll be looking for. They're not just, it's not just about the game now. It's about what else you can sell with it. And I've heard Ian Blee's talking about it, the fact that hopefully they'll look into the the community side of things and everything you do there. But th- this is another string of it and it's never been our strong point, you know. Uh, yes, we had the Cheeky Girls about 20 years ago and a few things like that. Parachute is flying into the stands at the Willows, but it, it needs to be brought back. But again, it's a budget issue, isn't it? You know I mean? Derek Beaumont must have spent absolute thousands the other night on that. And did he make it back in ticket money? Possibly. He may have done it. And, ho- and hopefully, you know, for league people do go back and go again. But uh, yeah, definitely. I think that's got to be the way now that, that clubs go. You've got to entertain on and off the pitch.
0: Yeah, I mean I know Leeds seem to st- took a bit of stick in the Rugby League community at the start and I see Rugby league's a bit like that you know clubs are very parochial sometimes and I-, I saw on the various banter pages people ripping them for being called the leopards but I sort of stood back from it and had a a look at it and I thought, no, you know, they're a traditional club and they're trying to make something of it so yeah, it might be a bit gimmicky, the lepers but if people enjoy it and they have a good time and the kids are into it and there's a buzzing atmosphere why not, why not and and you know what, I I wish Lee all the best this season I hope they have a really good season, apart from when they play us and I hope they they stay up because I think they deserve to, I think they're a proper traditional hotbed of the sport how many players have come through there over the years through they've got lots of history at the club uh, and I hope they do really well
1: yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more, I think, I, I think and it's a good rivalry for us, you know, we, we don't have a Swinton as such, so Lee is is the next best thing to us, I suppose, I, mean, I know they'll see their rivals swigging, but it, realistically, I think, they're, they're just not on a par, are they? Yeah, I think I'd like to see Lee do, do pretty well, I think the only thing is the, the Leopards thing, it's... If to change the name to Lee Leopard, you could probably accept it. I think the kit is a, a major, a major issue. I just think they've gone a little bit too far with that. But I'd love to just, just keep your stripes. The Lee red and white stripes. That's what they are. That's what they've always been. But it's not the first time they have changed their name. They were the Bears many years ago. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I hope it works for them. I'm, I'm fair play to Derek Bowman and his, all these people there. They've, they've kind of, they've gone for it. And they've seen that the game's changing and, like I say, IMG are looking at things that make you different, that identify you as a club. And Lee have got that and the media has has gone mad and it it reminds me of of the devolution that we had under Marwan when he first came in. But he was a bit of a circus, really, and I think he detracted a little bit away from from what happened rugby league wise and you know obviously we all know what happened there but I hope they do okay and they've got the facilities there they've got the ground there and like you say it's a hot better rugby league so yeah I just wish them well
0: yeah so, so I remember in the 90s Keith Le Cougars didn't it? they had Cougar Mania and I think Bradford followed on from that with Bradford Bulls didn't they and Bull Mania and all that so I think it's good for the sport and, and let's hope they do well but talking of the match Salford came out in their centenary kit which I must admit is absolutely gorgeous really like that and then the game itself I I thought it was a good start From us I thought we looked tough We looked solid in defence I know Josh Charlie Got the first try for, for Lee But Lee had an awful lot Of possession didn't They had loads of ball And we dealt with it didn't we? we looked really really solid
1: Yeah No no point in the game I, I, I'm not I don't want to sound Big headed or anything Stupid like that we, We're still Salford But I never felt threatened Even when we went behind, I just knew we were in control. I thought we didn't need the ball because we were stopping them doing what they wanted to do. Defensively, we were magnificent at times. Yeah, they made a few breaks, but you're not going to keep teams at bay constantly in the Super League now. And Lee have got some really good players. I think they said on Sky, I watched it back, and they were saying that he's probably the best promoted team ever in terms of the quality of players they've got. Some real dangerous characters out there. I mean, Josh Charlie, I thought, had a wow of a game. But I think we controlled it. I think our forwards were so in control of theirs. Didn't give them too much room. And, yeah, never really felt threatened by them. I thought we were in real control. Even early on in the game, we seemed to be worn out. with Rugby and things like that, people were getting frustrated. Why aren't we throwing the ball about? And Paul Rowley said in the past, you've got to earn that right to play that way. And what we were doing, realistically, and it proved at the back end of the half, we were grinding them down, we were making them tired, then they're not used to the pace of Super League. I know they've got ex-Super League players, but last few years they haven't been there. And it's a big step up. I think Paul Rowley knows the game inside out. I think he's got his tactics spot on. Let's not let's not throw a ball about and be dang- try and be dangerous early on. Because if it goes wrong, and you end up 10, 12, 14 points behind, chasing a game. Never good. Not in that atmosphere at League. They'd have got the back up, and it, it could have been very difficult. So I just think we controlled the game well and we were led round the pitch pretty well by our half-backs and there were some really, really good individual performances.
0: When you talk about tactics as well, I think Mark Sneed got it nailed on. A few people said to me, oh, he keeps kicking for the wingers. But I think looking at the game, I thought the tactic was to kick for Chandler, kick for uh, the other lad, Briscoe, on the wing and wear them two out. They seem to be, be doing lots of the work and... I think Sneedy nailed it there, but we seem to wait and wait and wait. And when our chances come, bang, bang, two tries right before our time. Brodie Croft, lovely short ball to Callum Watkins. And then the other try, Andy Akers as well goes over. So, you know, 4-0 down, you turn it into 12 points to 4, you're 8 points in front. And like you said, we look like we we were always comfortable. We look tough. We look mentally tough as well. We look like a playoff side, a side that's been in the playoffs for years. And you can't sort of buy that. That experience and that mental toughness and, and resilience, can you, that, that they seem to have? So, 12 4 at half time, I was quite chuffed with that.
1: Yeah, I think, I think like you say, I think we did We did look like a team in, in control. We looked like a team that knew what we were doing. The kicking game, it's quite interesting you say that because I was one of them at the game that was going, Why does he keep kicking it there? He's not finding the ground or he's not finding touch. You know, we're not turning them around. We're not. And then when I watched it back on Sky, I realised that, like you've just said, that was the idea to keep them, keep the ball in play as long as possible, try and tire them out, and and take the sting out of some of their key players. And it again, it, it worked. It was it, the, the tactics were spot on. And I think watching the game again, you don't always see it when you're there. That's why I mean about the halfbacks—they were guiding us around the pitch brilliantly, really led us well with the ball and without the ball, and the kicking game. Like you say, just turn them round, keep the ball in play, work them, tire them out, and take the threat away. And we did that. And like you say, by half time, and, and we got them a couple of tries. I thought we were really comfortable. And my, my only real disappointment—I know if we've not got that far yet—but we didn't push on and score three or four more tries. That I thought that was going to happen, but. In the same, you know, the same vein. But that doesn't disappoint me because everything else we did was
0: spot on. Yeah, I think it was a really impressive debut from Oliver Partington. I thought he worked his socks off. You've got Shane Wright there in the forwards in the back row, and Sam Stone as well on his debut. Who I thought we've got two real solid workers there in the back row. I think King Bunyaiuai was always a handful along with Jack Orman and right? So the pack looked good. They looked solid. The, the halfbacks, as you mentioned there, Brody Croft, he did things right. I thought Ryan Briley as well. He, he scored that try, but he saved two. Tries really with fantastic sort of cover tackles at fullback, and for a lad who got a bit of stick at the start of last season, I think twelve months on now he's he's one of the fans' favourites, really isn't he? Without a doubt, the start of last season he looked nervous at times,
1: he looked uncomfortable in the team, and as last season went, he developed and he grew. And on Friday night he was absolutely perfect. Everything he did, he, I mean, the two tries they've been tackled alone were worthy of. of he got man of the match, didn't he, at the, the game? Yeah. Uh, but everything he did with the ball, bringing the ball back, the high balls, they kept trying to pepper him, not a problem for him. He was brilliant, and he's shown that experience and that leadership that good teams have, and we've got that now in abundance with him, Mark Snead, I think Andy Acker's out there, obviously Callum, they've got that experience of uh, and leaders who can just calm things down when they need to be calm, or but you can trust these players. And that's what you need, and you build a team around them. And Ryan Briley the other night was was just absolutely outstanding. And again, like you've mentioned, Ollie Partington, I mean, for a debut, he, I think he could have done much more. Reese Williams on the wing, they kept trying to pepper him, obviously thinking that he might be the weak link, if you like, and he was perfect. So, yeah, it was just all round. Every single player contributed, but the pack was so, so tireless. And they didn't look worn out at any point. There wasn't a player when you looked and thought he needs to get off because he's he's had enough. He just looked fit and ready. And I know uh, obviously all the stats and everything else that we talk about but they all got through a ton of work. There was a lot of tackling done because Lee added a lot of the ball but we just snuffed out everything they wanted to do and those forwards really deserve a lot of credit.
0: I think one thing with Briley as well you've got a fantastic support player in him he's always in the right place at the right time he scored Salford's third try to give us the lead there was obviously then a bit of contention Callum Watkins was sorry it was Simbin no it was a penalty try sorry mm. Simbin was Mark Snead I'm not too sure about that but the penalty try what did you make of that? Uh,
1: the, the question for me is would he have got to the ball and, and no is the answer but if it happened to us, would have been you know, be asking for a, a penalty or whatever? But yeah, but I, after the decision that we didn't get at St. Telling's last year, I, he seems a bit harsh. But at the same point, the referee had a choice to make from there that does he give a penalty try or does he sin, but he can't do both. We were already down to 12 men. If we'd have gone to 11, even if we'd have not given the try, would we have held them out? I don't know. So it's a tough I didn't personally think it was that. A penalty try, but that's—they're the decisions you get against, you know? And other than that, I didn't see league scoring. To be honest with you, without that—that that help from that point on, it was a tough one. This—this Max made what well, he knew what he was doing. Mark, he, he knew exactly what he was doing to get Simbin. Great tackle from from Ryan Briley, and and then he helps him out, just just holds him down a little bit longer, just to give our guys a, an extra second. He knew exactly what he was doing. That's the experience from talking about. There's no. You know, oh, quick, get off him, let let him play the ball. Just just take it, and I've I've faith in the players around you that they can do the job.
0: Yeah, the final act of the game, Max Need popping over a penalty goal for a deserved win, though. No Paul twenty points to ten. I think we were we were all pretty chuffed with that. As you said, the performance was good, and it was a potential banana skin going there. A tough place to go. On the opening day of the season, and I was really chuffed that as you were. So, should we have a look at the free word match reports? I Me, mean, I popped to one this week thoroughly, thoroughly professional performance. man of the match was Ryan Briley. Colin Wilson said a gritty performance. Man of the match, Briley. OSF voodoo is broken. Man of the match, Briley. I think Sky Sports, man of the match, was it Brian Briley on the Sky Sports program? So, yeah, he's doing well there. James Oskison Um, Russell one Briley Bob Speakman a scruffy win he's gone for Oliver Partington I mean we both mentioned there Oliver Partington he had a really good debut didn't he Paul
1: oh he he was magnificent and I've said a few times obviously I've not had a chance to speak to you since we signed him really I don't think or since he's not coming to the squad I was really excited to see him I think he's a really good player if he keeps his his discipline about him he's going to be a massive asset and he works so hard. He's got good hands for a big lad. He can play. He can play it properly, he, like we saw the other night, just he's, he's as good as a loose forward. So he's going to be really useful to us. He worked hard. He was strangely enough, he was the one that I went for as man of the match. He, I could have gone with Ryan very easily. He was he was perfect. But just sometimes I like the grittiness of players. I like the work rate they put in. And he was he he was yeah he was excellent the other night. And hopefully we you know we can get the best out. He's still a young man. And he's got
0: a big future still ahead of him. Yeah, I think coming through that Wigan system as well, where he's been, he's been in a, a good environment there, a good professional environment. I mean, we've had players from from Wigan and Saint Helens from those good environments in the past, but we tended to get them at the end of their career, didn't they? You know, you look at the Q Cashier, the likes of Puller, Two Year, Willie Talal, people like that who came in as well. Uh, who else did we have from Francis Mele? People, like that. good players, but. Probably players at the, at the wrong end now. We've got the likes of Joe Burgess coming, Oliver Partington. These are players that are, are in the prime of their career now, aren't they? And they're wanting to test themselves and hopefully win trophies with Salford.
1: Yeah, I think the other side of, of it is that we, we've got players now who've got points to prove. You know, I mean, Joe Burgess, like you say there, and, and Ollie Partington being sort of cast off by Wigan, if you like. I mean, in in their in their prime. and Whereas we, we've had the players we had before like you just mentioned have, have been there and done it already they don't have too much to prove to us and maybe they see sometimes coming to to solve it as a, a step down and a chance of a couple of quid in the bank whereas these lads are still keen to get back we saw last year that the players that managed to get into the international squads the England Knights or whatever people like Dion Cross who Who's super, super League career was over really We took a chance, we brought him in He was magnificent last year And then there's Tyler Dupre, who's come in and, and Alex Gerrard, people like that Who've got things to prove, maybe didn't The first time round it didn't work for him And now even Andy Ackers, I mean what, what a season he had and it looks like He's going to continue now but These players have, uh, have now been given a, a chance To say, you know, I'm better than you thought I was And I think Paul Rowley's probably the, A great man to have to sort of boost that And boost their confidence I think now we're doing it right We're getting players Who've got points to prove Rather than They've already proven it
0: Carrying on A scruffy win Bob Speakman Oliver Partington I think I mentioned that already Move on DS Says Thoroughly professional start Man of the match Oliver Partington Ricky P Ruined Lee's party Briley Patrick Connolly It's so lovely Man of the match Croft Rob Parkinson Professional Good signs Brailer you said, Paul, always in control, man of the match, Partington. Christopher Sloan, good, solid performance, man of the match, Partington. Dave Parker said, tough win. Briley, Natalie Taylor, ground it out, as was Rhys Williams. Mark said, good defensive stint. He's also gone for Rhys Williams. I mean, Reese Williams, yeah, I can see that. I think, you know, he's come in there and um, played, I mean, probably looking at Joe Burgess, Ken Seal as, as your main wingers, but Rhys Williams never, never lets us down, as he's, he's such a good worker as well. And, and, the, and the lad can play, can't he?
1: Yeah, I I've seen him before, he was so solid. He didn't put a foot wrong the lad. He's and he is dangerous. He gets a bit of space. We know he can run, but he might not be as quick as he was a couple of years ago. I mean I'm not saying he's you know he's old but obviously he's he's not as young as he was. But he, he steps in every time. I, I actually thought going to the game, I thought that the rumour was obviously that Kenny Theo wasn't gonna play and I was a bit like well what do we do and i thought we'd probably end up with cross and williams on the wings and how is that going to work out and then obviously ken played and, and, and always fine but, but Reese williams was superb he just he looks he just looks so so complete at times you know like, just just confident about him and yeah, nothing worried me he's solid he's good he's a good defender when he has to be so yeah, brilliant. And, and the, the thing is, I mean, we am going through these, these match reports and, and, and sort of three words. And good thing is for me that there isn't just one player standing out or, you know, t- there's several names cropping up as man of the match. And that's brilliant for the team. And there's so many that names that weren't there. And you think back, you think, well, he could have been man of the match. So it's, it's a great, you know, it's a great sign that the whole team is he, working together.
0: Yeah, Chris and Janet Shenton said keep it going, man of the match, Partington. Richard Morton, banana skin, avoided Briley. Paul said Rowley is God. Man of the match, Partington. I thought it was Clapton is God. That's the old saying, wasn't right? it? Rowley is God. David Deakin, defence wins games. His man of the match was Ryan Briley. Uh, Art B ground it out. Man of the match: Brylie. David H hard fought win. Briley Bondy played in patches. His man of the match was Partington I'm not sure about that. Bondy played in patches, but but no, yeah, I, I suppose. Uh, I think you've got to give Bondy I think you've got to give Lee a lot of credit. I mean, it was their first game in Super League, wasn't it? And uh, you know they bound to be enthusiastic. They had a lot of possession. I think the penalty count was about six two, wasn't it? So they uh, yeah. What do you reckon to that one? I suppose he's right in a way, isn't he? But yeah, I, I was I was quite pleased with it really.
1: No, I get, I get. what he's saying in terms of we we didn't. W- when you looked at towards the back end of last year as the great entertainers, we were throwing the ball about. There wasn't there wasn't a lot of that. But when we did do it, we looked again. We looked dangerous, but we didn't play that way. As such. but I think certain games, these horses for cold courses, isn't it? it, it Lee were. It was their big day. It was you know they all looked at that game and said we've got to get off this season to to a good start. We've got Solford for that. You know it can be a bit up and down. We'll put we'll fo- all the focus into that game. And they must have had they must 60-odd percent of the ball, 70% of the ball, possibly. I don't know, but they, they seem to be always on the attack, certainly in the second half at times. I understand what he means. A lot of it was one out from us, but I think they were the tactics. I think that was the idea. And it'd be interesting to see if it changes, you know, throughout the season for different games.
0: Yeah, well, KDL says defence wins games. And his is Brody Croft. I think that's the only one for Brody Croft, actually. But yeah, it's bang on there. Defence does win your matches. Steve Orwin, stuck at it, is Man of the Match with Briley. Okay, Sandyland, Owens, bang, fire, bang, is Man of the Match with Briley. And Mike Farrell says that's lovely jubbly, And He's not given a Man of the Match. So yeah, lovely jubbly Mike. So <laughs> they're the three word Man of the Matches. And now I think we'll have a look at all the news that's coming out of, of Salford Red Devils this week. Derwin. Well, the big news this week that we'll start off with was another new contract package. Joe Burgess signs a 3-year deal. It's like Christmas isn't coming again. We've had Andy Akers sign a new contract, Jack Armona, the Brody Croft 7-year deal. Now we've got Joe Burgess on a 3-year deal. What do you make of that?
1: It's a, absolutely magnificent news. What I mean, he's a great player, Joe. When we signed him we were, I think we were all buzzing, you know, a couple of years back. And then last season that that partnership he made with Tim Lafay, I mean, it was sensational at times I'm absolutely delighted I, I love Joe Burgess to bits and he looks now like the kind of player that probably Wigan were hoping he was he was going to carry on being but he's, he's had the experience you know he's been over to, to Oz and everything he's, he's such a, a great player to have in the squad another like I say another three years of him I, he he I, like you say it's like Christmas he just sort of like I think I sent you guys when it came up on Twitter that you know there was another one coming in and he were like I can't believe it. I can't get my head round it. Where's you know? Where's all this coming from? But it's so, so encouraging to, to see the club making these strides and keeping all of our best players. And Joe's easily you know one of them. On his days, he's, he's as good as any winger in the league. No doubt about that. He's got pace. He's strong. He's great in the air. He, you know, he's a clever player. He links up well. Um, so yeah, it's an absolute joy to have him stay with us. And uh, I think it just it shows the advance that the club have made. They they're not sitting back and saying, "Well, we'll we'll see what we can do, or should we keep him, or we could cash in, or, or whatever." They're putting the next on the line here. And, and I said it last week. Well, I said it about you know Andy Ackers and, and Brody and Jack Roy. It's time for the people to back the club now. They're putting, they're risking a lot on this these players financially going forward to get these deals out. You know, we we're committed. That's it. We we've done. But what we're saying is, we're keeping our best players, and we're going to build a team around them players. But in the long term, it's going to cost us money. It's going to cost us a lot of money. And, and the only way we make that money back is obviously you get a bit of sponsorship or whatever. But he's getting bums on seats, and we need the we need the fans to really get behind to tell everybody what's going on at this club because we've never seen this. We've ne- we've not had this in my lifetime. This, not just this feel-good factor, but this development of, of how the club is run from the grassroots, the learning disability teams, all the way through to first team, to what's going on off the pitch. It's it's incredible, and, and this is just another sign of it, and I'm delighted that we've kept Joe. I hope he's fit. I can't wait to see him again, and, and see that partnership with Tim Laffey.
0: Yeah, I mean, thinking about this week, I was thinking to myself about the Brody Croft seven-year contract, and I keep thinking to myself, it's a masterstroke because I think whether he stays for seven years or not, you're sort of saying now, Brodie Croft has got a seven-year deal, let's build a team around you. So that must be a big carrot for other players. To stay at the club because you you're playing with a uh, lots of Brody, and then it could be a big carrot for players maybe next season who want to come and sign for us. So you're there, you, you've got a real chance of build of building a team there. And let me ask you this question now: You've watched Salford a long time, as I have. You know we we've been through the eighties and the nineties together, haven't we? In the two thousand, we've seen some really dark years, me, you, and Rob, haven't we? At Salford, like you said, there you've not really seen any of this in your lifetime, right? We I know we got to the grand final and and, and what have whatever we we got beat, but. Just, you know, thinking now, just you sitting there tonight having your cup of tea, do you, th- you must think now and feel excited because I do that there's a possibility that we could see Salford actually win some silver for the first time since 1976. I mean, that now, it seems a stronger possibility than it's ever seen. I mean, it's not, we've not won it yet, but there's a chance, isn't there, Paul?
1: You're absolutely right. I think, I, I think in the next. <laughs> two to three years I think there's a a huge huge possibility that we can go and uh, win something at last Um, in my whole lifetime we've never won a major trophy now that's you know I'm getting on a bit now in fact the the last time they won a major trophy was just before I was born so maybe it's my fault but they were yeah you look at the, the team we're building and it isn't just for now do you know what I mean it isn't a short term fix this is long term this is planning And and what he does, and like you say, he brings other players to the club. They've got... I know who I'm going to be playing with. I know the calibre of players they've got. They're not going to be scrambling around at the end of the year trying to get players from a relegated club. Do you know what I mean? There is a development plan there. There there. There is a future at that club. And, I mean, if you're a an upcoming top half-back or something like that and you've got the chance to play alongside Brody Croft in a couple of years' time when, you know, maybe Mark Snead moves on or whatever he does when he gets to a certain age and Brody's still here. You're going to you're gonna take that chance. You're going to think, I want to play alongside him. You know, and I just think the security we're giving and, and the fact that in about a month's time, two months' time, players will then start being able to negotiate with other clubs. Well, that's gone. So for the rest of the season and the rest of the next couple of years, all they have to think about is playing for Salford Rugby League. They may, in May, when, when they start signing for other clubs and that kind of thing, they don't think, well, that's it, I'm done now. I know I'm going to X club next year. So I don't, you know, what am I bothering here for? Or I'll do my bit, but it's, you know, I know I'm not going to be here. This is their future. This is their club. And if they want anything from their career, this is where it's going to happen. So... Yeah, brilliant. I think the club have just done everything spot on again. And, you know, full credit and praise for for Paul King and Ian Bleas and everybody else at the club that works, you know, so hard on, on such a limited budget. To make all
0: this happen, it's exciting times, Paul. I've got you excited there. Not you not even you be dreaming yeah. tonight now. That but I, yeah. I agree with you. I think it, it is. We're all, we're all dreamers, aren't we, when, when you've supported the club since you were a kid? And you do dream about Wembley and, and things like this. But it was always a bit of a pipe dream for me. And I think a lot of us, because we thought, well, oh, we're never going to sort of compete with Wigan or St. Helens or this. But watching that game, I, I watched it on Saturday afternoon, the, the Friday night game. I saw bits of it. And my wife said to me when they, they was coming in with the suits, and she said, oh, Who's that? And I said, Oh, that's Brodie Croft. And she sort of looked and looked at me and she went, He doesn't like he plays for Salford. He had this suit on. He looks like he was a St. Helens player. And I thought to myself, Yeah, Brodie Croft is a superstar and he plays for Salford. And we've never really had. Players like that. We might have had players for a, for a cameo, or a couple of players. We had Gary Jack come over, Paul Shaw come over from Australia, but we've never really had, until Jackson Aces, we've not had these these sort of world class players, have we? If you like, and now we've got Brody, we've got Callum Watkins there, Joe Burgess, we've got household names in the team, and they're coming in with the suits on, they're looking smart, we're winning matches, and, and it is it's an exciting time to be uh, to be a Solver supporter. You know, what you're going on about there about about the, the,
1: the suits and and that appearance is a massive thing, you know. I, I yeah. think I think it's under, under sort of how what, what effect that can have. Not just on, on you as a player. You put that suit on, you think, I look smart, I look good, I feel good. You know, yeah. I'm representing something here. But on the opposition as well, they see this team come in looking, you know, fresh and thinking, well, just... the amount of times I've seen Salford turn up, you know, players turn up in all sorts of stuff, you know, ragtag really. Something sticks in my mind was years back at the Willows I remember there was a I can't remember, it was an A-team game or an academy game and we played Featherstone and bear in mind we, we were the you know professional club if you like and Fev's kids came in and every one of them had a, a tracksuit on a bag with Featherstone on everything they looked the part our lads we were wearing jeans and trainers And I, I, mean, we, I remember we got beat and I was thinking this is all part of it this professionalism this image and, and everything about it and the club again to get to get the lads doing it, I mean they do look very very smart. I must admit. You see uh, Paul Rowley sat in the stand in his suit and everything. You think this this is a club that me, that means something to people now. We're not just here making up numbers. We're not just this amateur setup. But there is professionalism there. There is a new a new breed if you like. And this is a uh, this will set the platform now. What we're doing over this this year and last year and the year before. For the rest of, of time to Salford. This is the this is the image we want to portray. This is the DNA of Salford Rugby League Club. And this is what it looks like.
0: Tell you what, Park, you've got me all fired up. I'm not going to get my boots on. I'm going to have a play in my garden with my ball. <laughs> I just feel like going and play a match now. Talk over the news... We've got a, a pop-up shop that's going to be available in the south corner of the West Stand. Uh, that's open from 5.30, all major credit cards. Oh, sorry, c- card payments only, credit cards only or whatever. So you can pay any your card and, and buy buy things. The new shirts are on there, the Home and Away shirt. They've got bobble hats, hoodies, T-shirts. It's good gear, isn't it, Paulie, the, the, uh, the, the shirts? I mean, that Centenary shirt I thought looked amazing on Friday night, as I mentioned before. But the own kit's nice as well, isn't it?
1: Well, you, you, know, you know me. I've got all my old old replica kit sort of thing you know I, I like the retro look and I've never for years I haven't bought a shirt and this year I currently own the home one and the Centenary one nice. uh, I think they're magnificent I think they look just just splendid and like you say that that Centenary shirt is it's some it's a thing of beauty and I, I've been I, I don't know if you see I had to reply to a few people on Twitter yep. from other clubs who don't seem to understand the history of rugby league Telling so, us we look like Dewsbury. Well, actually, if you look at the date, Jews, we look like us. So, um, just thought I'd mention that. No, the Brilliant, and I wish they did. I'd have known this a day before, I've just ordered my father-in-law the the Centenary, you know, the actual sort of rug, old rugby-type shirt?
0: Yeah.
1: Without the sponsors, and I've just ordered him that, so I'm waiting for that to do really, I could have just gone and picked it up. Uh, no, Brilliant, I'm glad. We need a shop, we need something there for the club. And VX3 are all missing out, because sometimes you look and, and one of the, the big bugbears for me is is the fact that you have to order it online but then you've got to pay like six quid for it to be delivered but i think that can be off-putted if somebody's looking at something and think oh i don't know you know he's it, probably could could you over that budget if you like so just being able to pick it up while you're at the ground is excellent so yeah i, I hope they're busy i hope they sell a lot of gear i'll certainly be having a look
0: yeah, I'm pretty sure they will be. I, I couldn't believe how many people they bought bobble at, so, uh, especially at the friendly games and the, at the, the league game on Friday. Night, everyone seems to have a bobble at on, uh, so they must be doing well. In other news, we've got the Learning Disability Super League training sessions, any age, male or female. It's Tuesdays, 7 to 8. It's at Echoes Sixth Form College. For more information, please contact Lee on 075 Um you make new friends. All coaches are fully qualified, DBS checked, and no experience is necessary, Parky. So if you if you want to get involved with that, it's uh, it sounds good.
1: Well, yeah, I've said it, God knows how many times. Rugby league's it's probably the most inclusive sport around, uh, and this is just another, you know, another sign of it. They do a great job, the, these people, and and it, it's there for the love of the game, isn't it? For these, these these guys to get, like you say, to get to meet people, to have more fun. It's, you know, sometimes it can be difficult for, for, for them to, you know, to, to interact a lot of the time, some people, you know, depending on what, what, what the issue is. And this is brilliant. Again, just another sign of how, how how great this club has become. I, I know I sound like I'm just blowing smoke and I know these problems and I know we, we don't do everything right, but these things are a, a massive step forward and, and it just shows that, uh, how much of a community club we've become. Yeah, so get down there and, have, you know, have some fun. If you don't want to just carry on playing, you know, or whatever... Go and meet people, get involved in other ways. There are always other strands in rugby that you can get involved with. If he's not on the playing side, but you can always help. You can probably go into coaching. You can do, you know, whatever it is. So yeah, get down there and have a, have a you know, have a crack.
0: Talking about getting involved, if you want to join a Salford Red Dellers community club, there's a QR code that you can scan. I think it's on the it's on the website, it's on the Facebook page, it's on the Twitter page. I think Rob's actually shared it on the on the Devonly Detail socials as well. The clubs involved there are Berry Broncos, Carizard Rhino, Salford City Roosters, West Orton Lions, Bellevue Bees, South Trafford Raiders, Langwith the Reds, Folly Lane. You know, if you want to join that there's a QR code as said and if you scan that, that club will be in contact with more information about the chosen club that you've that you've scanned for. So, so again, Paul the you know, these local clubs in the area are helping out South Red We're helping out them. It's it's good to see.
1: Yeah, well, without the amateur clubs, without the amateur game, there is no game. It's as simple as that. There is no no rugby league. I like to see the, the amount of clubs that have actually signed up already. You know, the part of this. It's, it's brilliant. I mean, you know, I think back to a few years ago, there was probably three clubs, wasn't there? Getting involved. And then there was always spats between... Club and other amateur clubs, the connection, or you know him and he's your favourite, and you know, and now you look at it and these clubs from all over, from from around Greater Manchester, um, the the job that again, I I don't want to keep doing it, getting annoyed with myself, but it, it just shows the strides that they made and and the, the work that's gone on behind the scenes to make these clubs be part of what we do and become this family, this Salford family that we need. to to be successful and uh, yeah I hope people get in touch and get down to to amateur clubs it is brilliant these people who who give their time at these clubs I can't speak highly enough of them I had the honour for years of being involved and it's fantastic and you make friends there that you will keep forever and I mean that rugby league does something to you it it creates a bond that you you will never break Um, you know I still see lads now that I played with (laughs) 20 years ago or whatever, it, it feels like you know, because you you have to you, you commit to each other when you play, um, and uh, yeah, so get down there and I'll uh, try and support your amateur club. If they've got a game, go and watch them. You know, uh, you know if they've got a bar, go and have a drink. You know, make get them some some uh, some money in the tills. But yeah, um, all round it's uh, it's just just great strides forward.
0: So I got a great stride forward, Salford Red Devils ladies, fantastic year last year. There's some fixtures come out, Parkey. They play Featherstone Rovers on Sunday the 23rd of April, that's a uh, 1 o'clock kick-off. They've got Cardiff Demons on Sunday the 7th of May, that's a 1 o'clock kick-off. And they play Wigan Warriors on Sunday the 21st of May with a 2 o'clock kick-off. So those fixtures will be uh, be here sooner rather than later, will be on the end of February now. So looking forward to uh, the ladies' season, Parkey.
1: Yeah, massive season ahead, isn't it? Last season was was more than we could have ever asked for. You know, we won that won a trophy, we made the grand final. We, right, we did. We we didn't. I think we'd run out of steam a little bit. But it'd been a tough tough year for the girls. Their first year, it was girls they're still learning the game. By the end of the season, you know, this year I dare say it's a step up. It's going to be a step up in quality. Certainly, when you know we're in we're in Super League Two, but obviously we got the cup as well. And those games there are going to be, you know, playing Wigan. It doesn't, it just doesn't get, it doesn't matter what level you play Wigan at, does it? And Cardiff, that'll be interesting. I think I mentioned to Rob the other week that I think they've probably got quite a few ex Rugby Union girls in there. So they won't, be, they won't be novices to the game as such. So it's going to be a good year, yeah. Get down and watch them. And I hope we can have a few sort of double headers with the, the men's team that we can all come down and, you know, get get a crowd in.
0: Yeah, certainly, you Looking forward to that. Well, that's all the news we've got. Now we'll have a look at the Amateur Report and the World of Rugby League. Here is this week's devil in Detail, Amateur Report and World of Rugby League. We'll start off this week with a look... At, uh, at domestic rugby league really But before we start look at domestic rugby league In a professional game We'll have a look at the uh, the World Club Challenge What a game that was I've still not seen it to be honest with you I was watching the score on uh, on Saturday morning on my phone When I was uh, doing other bits and bobs But St Helens, world champions They beat Penrith Panthers by 13 points to 12 The Saints led 10 points to 0 at half time Wells beat with a try on the ninth minute And Hurrell got another try in the 16th minute um the Panthers came back in the second half, uh, Tago with a try, and then Toe with a try in the last minute of the game. Uh, Clearly kicked both goals to level the scores at 12 apiece. To go into golden point extra time, Lewis Dad stops up in uh, steps up in golden point extra time. Not long gone in it to be honest. With the first sort of real set, drives towards the post and bangs a drop goal over for Saint Helens to win the world champion, the World Club Challenge. Fantastic result for Saint Helens to go and beat Penrith in their own backyard. Atrocious weather conditions as well, but uh, what what a great win! What a match! So I'll try and get round to watching that this week. So Super League that got underway on Thursday night. Uh, Warrington Wolves hammered uh, Leeds Rhinos by forty-two points to ten and the Hellywell Jones. On Friday night Wakefield 24, Catalan Dragons 38 Lee Leopards 10, Salford 20 On Saturday, Hull Kingston Rovers 27, Wigan 18. That was another tight game. That was 13 points to 12 That just after half-time and I, I put Channel 4 on and I thought it was only a couple of minutes left but the clock actually counts down on Channel 4 so there's was about half an hour left so ended up watching the second half. Hull KR 27 Wigan 18, big win for the Rovers Hull FC 32, Castleford 30 Hull FC led 26 points to 6 at half-time. Cass coming back in the second half with uh, tries from uh, Edwards for Emo, Miller and Mamo five minutes from time but uh, Hull FC just hanging on there, a crowd of almost fifteen and a half thousand at that game as well so a big start for uh, Hull FC Moving on to the Championship, Bradford 14 Widnes 12, Featherstone Rovers 76, Whitehaven 4, Halifax Panthers 26, London Broncos 18, Keith Le Cougars got off the mark they won by 44 points to 24 against Gateshead, Sheffield Eagles continued their uh, good run they beat Batley 36 points to nil um, I think was it was 36 nil. Yeah, I, I didn't think it was I thought it was 36-20 But 36 nil it says here uh, Swinton Lions 20 Barrow 18 Another big win for Swinton They've won two from three Now Toulouse Olympic They continue their and beat and run They beat York City Knights By 36 points to nil And in the Betfred League What it was round one Doncaster 18 Huntslet 16 London Scholars 16 Workington Town 58 Midlands Hurricanes 40, Cornwall 6, and North Queensland Crusade is 18, Dewsbury Rams 38. You can tell I just had my dinner. Uh, let's go on to the fixtures for this week then. So it all gets underway Thursday night, Solf against Hulk at 8 o'clock kickoff. On Friday, it's Huddersfield against Warrington at 7.45. The Sky game is Leeds against Hull FC. Wigan Warriors face Wakefield at 8 o'clock. On Saturday, Catalan Dragons against Lee Centurions is a 5 o'clock kickoff. On um, that's on Sky Tele, I think. No, it's not. It's not on Sky Teller. I thought it was. No, it's not. Bradford Bulls play Toulouse Olympic. That game is a one o'clock kickoff. The Betfred Challenge Cup round two. Ashton Bears play Dewsbury Rams. That's at two o'clock. On the BBC I player, Cornwall play Rochdale Mayfield. And there's another match at two o'clock between North Wales Crusaders and the Royal Navy. The rest of the games are on Sunday. Castleford Tigers face St. Ellen's at one o'clock in the Super League. And the Betfred Championship, all these games are three o'clock. Batley against Keighley Cougars. Featherstone Rovers against Newcastle Thunder. London Broncos play Sheffield Eagles. Whitehaven at home to Swinton Lions and York City Knights against Barrow Raiders in the Challenge Cup on Sunday. Betfred Challenge Cup Round Two. It's Doncaster against Oldham That's a three o'clock kickoff uh, on the Sportsman. I presume that's an internet, so sort I of think you can watch the game on. It's Hull Dockers against Midlands Hurricanes. That's at uh, two forty-five. Uh, 3 o'clock Huntslet play Heworth. Rochdale Hornets are home to London Scholars at 1 o'clock and Workington Town Face in Rosebridge at 2 o'clock. Um, there's some other fixtures as well, I'll give you them afterwards, uh, involving the amateur sides. Uh, witness Vikings play Halifax Panthers. Can I say Blue Sox then? That's some years ago. That's uh, Monday the 27th of February. That's. Uh, at quarter to eight, as well. So, uh, the Bet Fred Super, sorry, Championship standings, Featherstone are top, unbeaten, along with Toulouse Olympic, and at the bottom there, Whitehaven and Barrow Raiders are still yet to get a victory. So I'll we'll give you that draw in full now involving the amateur sides as well. I'll give you the uh, professional teams, we'll just go through the draw for the Challenge Cup because I think it deserves its own spot on our uh, amateur report. Ashton Bears against Dewsbury Rams, that's a uh, two o'clock kickoff. These These games are all Saturday. Brentwood Hills against Wathbrow Hornets. Cornwall against Rochdale Mayfield. Fryston Warriors, Stanley. Hunslet against Pilkington Rex. Lock Lane against West Bowling. Mighton Warriors against Lee Minor Rangers. North Wales Crusaders at home to Royal Navy. Oral St James faced Dublin City Exiles. The RAF... Are at home to York Acorn. That game will play at RF Cramwell in Lincolnshire. Saddleworth Rangers are at home to Thatto Heath Crusaders. Siddle against West Hull. West Warriors against London Chargers. That game is being played at Wasp Union Football Club. On Sunday, Doncaster are home to Oldham. The Great Britain Police play Westgate Common. Hull Dockers are at home to Midlands Hurricanes. Hunslet uh, play Hewath. Rochdale Hornets are at home to London Scholars and Workington Town face in Rosebridge. Hull Dockers game against Midlands Hurricanes is at the Craven Park, the home of Hulkingston Rovers. Well, in Student Rugby League, last week in the Northern Conference Cup action, Manchester 62, Huddersfield 8 and Manchester Met also won. They beat Newcastle by 35 points to 18. In uh, the College Rugby League Premier Division, Salford Red Devils 19, Furness 20. Uh, There was no result between Carmel and Oldham Sixth Form. The fixtures for this week, I don't think there's any games actually. Manchester Met are at home to Salford. That's in the Northern Tier 2A and uh, there's no uh, college games uh, that I can see this week. Well, moving on to the Barla National Cup, Saturday the 18th of February. It was a semi final. Siddle beat Waterhead Warriors 32 points to 18 to set up a final against Hairsfinch. Hairsfinch beat Drillington by 28 points to 18. Moving on to Women's Rugby League now. We'll have a look at that. Division 1, Saturday, sorry, Sunday the 19th of Feb, East Leeds 44, Elling with nil, Wigan St. Jude's nil, Featherstone is 18. In Division 2 it's University of Liverpool nil, West Bowling 74, the University of Manchester nil, Cutsack 18, West Leeds 30, Oddsall. Sedborough 14, Batley nil university of leeds 28 the fixtures for sunday the 26th of feb cut site face university of liverpool university of leeds at home to west bowling also separate place university of manchester and west leeds are at home to batley so french rugby league well toulouse um they were beaten at the weekend we'll give a look at some scores in here now um it was the coupe de france Albi 52 villeneuve 18 Carpentras 6 Carcassonne 88 st SDF 16 avignon 29 Entregues 12, Lesignon 68, Vareilles 22, Pier 78, Lesurki nil, Limoux 88, Villa francais 20, Saint-Gaudens 30. You can tell my French isn't that good. Uh, Villa henk agragon 44, Toulouse 28. So some uh, some big games in there involving those uh, those French sides. And uh, the fixtures for this week. On Saturday, the February the 25th, it's Albi versus Villeneuve, Avignon versus St. Esteev, Lezignan versus Limoux, and on Sunday, Caxon face Toulouse and St. Gaudens at home to Pierre. I promise you I will work on my French accent for uh, for those uh, those teams in the future. Well, that's it. That's all I've got for you this week. Take care of yourselves, have a good week, and I shall see you down at Salford for uh, the match on Thursday night between Salford and Hawking Rovers. See you soon. Well, that was the Amateur Port and the World of Rugby League. Well, finally, now on this week's podcast, we're going to take a look at the preview of our game on Friday night. I keep getting these wrong, don't I? Thursday and Friday. Thursday night against Old Kingston Rovers Parking. It's, it's
1: time for the devil of the details,
0: So, OK, they had a good win at the weekend. They beat Wigan, 27 points to 18. I didn't see that one coming. I fancied Wigan for that one all day long, and especially seeing Wigan in that friendly game against us. They look sharp, they looked quick. You know, they are good three quarters, two good centres, two good wingers. But OK, uh, you know, they, they did well. Sean Kennedy, now that trick, and they, they won that game. So, what do you make of this? Thursday should be a good match between the two of them.
1: Yeah, I think, I've just... Obviously, we, we, I've seen today that, that Hulk KR look like they're going to be missing a few players. I've literally just seen their 21-man squad. Now it's just cropped up in front of me. I think the two teams are fairly well matched. I really do. And certainly before the, the Hull sort of withdrawals, if you like, they've lost some real key players. But I remember last year, there was only two teams that, that managed to, well, we didn't get a win off in, in Super League, I think, last year. Wigan and the other was Hulk KR. They're a very, very tough team to play. They've got a new coach now in Willie Peters who organise them a little bit differently. They'll play a different style, but they've got a lot of really good players. I think it'd be a good game. I do. I think both teams will, will, will match each other. I think there's a, a, a sort of a, a sense of style about the way both teams play. OK, I won a lot of fans over the last couple of years in the way they've played the game. And obviously, last year, we were. I think we were the darlings of Rugby League in many ways in the, in the way we played. But yeah, it should, it should be a good game, a really good game. Obviously, Sky are down as well to, to to film it. It is going to be a tough game because, they, like you say, they, their performance against Wigan was outstanding. Absolutely outstanding. They, In many ways, they nullified Wigan's main threat, Bevan French and, and, and Jay Field and people like that. Uh, they look very organised, very structured and, uh, and they will cause us a few problems.
0: Yeah, like you said, they've got a few players missing. I think Ryan Hall's out. I think Lachlan Coot's out, who's the goal kicker as well. Uh, there's some other players to look out for. I mean, one player always impresses me, apart from Sean Kennedy, who's a top player. Kane Lynette, I think he's a, a very good player. Jordan Abdul there, that Mikey Lewis is, is a good young player. Who stands out for you? I mean, they've got they've got plenty of strike, are not they, in a decent pack as well.
1: Yeah, well, those names you, you've just mentioned there. Sam Luckley will be yeah. up again. He'll be coming back. That'll be interesting to see. But yeah, those, those those lads you met, Matt Parceller-Hucker okay, usually causes a few issues. He's, he's a he's a decent strike player. But just looking through this, this squad, obviously Kane Lynette is he's, he's a, a, a really good player. I think they call him the Red Wall, don't they? Um, I can't see him. Oh, there, he's going to say, I thought I couldn't see Mikey Lewis. I was going to say that would be a massive plus for us. Mikey Lewis is a magnificent player. I think he'll, he'll go on and make international rep, no problem. And Jordan Abdul. He, he doesn't look like a conventional half-back, let's say that, but he's a very, very clever player, and it, it'll be another problem we've got to contend with. But, yeah, all round, I think those players they're going to have missing are obviously going to be a big blow, but sometimes that can make it difficult for, for the opposition because you don't really know what to expect from the players that are going to cover for them. But, yeah, it'll be, be a good game. They've got a really good squad, but I think, like say, Kenny Dowell... He's an ultimate professional, isn't he? He's been around for a long time, both sides of the world. Matt Parcell will be a threat. So, yeah, yeah
0: it, should be, it should be a decent game. Yeah, well, I won't keep you much longer, Parker, because I know you're going on to the whole car podcast this evening, aren't you, to, to trumpet Salford and, and the whole car supporters up and what have you. So, last season, we didn't manage to get a nandos with our predictions, so you better make a note of these. Are we going to do a prediction, me and you, and see if we can we can get a winner finally?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think I, I wasn't far off last week. I don't think. funnily enough, I was a million miles out. I think I said something like 23-14, So I was fairly close. I knew it would be tight. So this week, again, I think it'll be. I think it'll be a really good game. I think there might be a few tries. I think it'd be tight early on, but I think both teams like to throw the ball about. Like to, it, just just the kind of style we've got, and the kicking game will be will be key. But I'm going to go with us for a home win. I think that's going to be the big key, and I will say it will be 28-16 to Salford.
0: Twenty-eight sixteen, right, we better write these down, Well, Rob will write them down when he listens, won't we? So, I'm going to go 24-12 to Salford, 24-12 to Salford, yeah, I'm going for a win as well.
1: Now, I don't know if Rob was joking when he when he put on his uh, message the other day that he thinks it'd be nineteen eighteen. 18 that, that doesn't seem like a, a very Rob prediction. To oh, he's
0: such a wind-up merchant, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he normally says 60 points, doesn't he? Yeah. Some of him. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know if he was just uh, pulling our
1: leg with that one and his real prediction would be different, but it'd be interesting to see. But uh, yeah. yeah, I think it'd be a good game. I think both teams will be really at it. And like I say, I think they do both play fairly attacking rugby. So I think the styles, I mean, they could clash, but I just hope we, you know, we obviously come out on top, and it'd be a great start to the season. And then, you know, we're away at Warrington the week after. We looked mustard the other day, so uh, yeah, fingers crossed. It could be a big stepping stone.
0: Yeah, according to Sky Sports I think Warrington have already won the Super League haven't they watching that on Thursday night but the next home game I I said to uh, my father-in-law the next home game is against Salford so we'll bring them back down to earth but let's get OKR beat first so that's all we've got time for mate I'll let you get off and get onto the OKR podcast thanks for joining us Parky I'll see you on the match and thanks for listening I've been Paul White said he's been Paul Parking we'll see you next week